0: of sex, four women, three glasses of wine, and a whole world of problems to navigate. Yes, there's going to be some rage, but there's also going to be a hell of a lot of laughing, learning, catharsis, and camaraderie along the way. So grab a glass of wine and join us.
1: Hello, listeners. Uh, so you may have gathered from Rhiannon's intro that uh, we have actually, we haven't lost a panellist tonight. We have gained um, a panelist in the form of Bonnie Hatcher. Uh, Bonnie Hatcher is actually the first guest in a guest series that we are running whilst m um our beloved co-host is actually on maternity leave so we well well we look forward to welcoming her back um as soon as she's ready but in the meantime we are running a guest series uh, where we hope to gain the perspectives and uh points of view from people that we may not actually have that lens ourselves so um Today we have Bonnie Hatcher. She is MD of a non-alcoholic drink company. She's actually a very good friend of mine. I've known her for about 12 years now. Um, And I've invited her along today to talk to us about what it's like being single at 35, um, her experience with egg freezing, and everything around the topic of being a modern woman. So welcome, Bonnie. We're very happy to have you here. Thanks. Hi, everyone. Great to be here. Welcome. Sweet. Every episode, we start with a sorry, what did you say moment. And seeing as you are a guest today, we would love to... Hand over the microphone to you to do your very own. Sorry, what did you say? Moment, are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah. So my my. I'm sorry. What did you say? Is is
2: themed around the reason why I'm why I'm here, and it's actually not a sing. It's, it's different to your usual ones because it's not a single. I'm sorry. What did you say? And it's also not just said by men. So this is things that are said to me by men, women, my family, my friends. They're not said with malice, and they're not said without with that much thought. Um, but we're in a society where. We're saying society is like an instinct to mate and reproduce. So, therefore, in our society, the norm is to be in a relationship or to want to be in a relationship. So, the kind of things you'll have all had these at times in your life, I'm sure. Or you'll meet someone soon. Or why are you single? Are you dating yet? Maybe if you do this, you'll find someone. And what I find really interesting is that if that you don't hear the opposite of that, so you don't hear, oh, don't worry, you'll break up with someone with them soon and you'll be single again. Don't worry. And you don't hear why you're in a relationship. You never hear why you're in a relationship. Are you thinking about breaking up with them soon? Maybe if you do this, you'll be happy and single on your own. that you never hear those ones because as soon as someone's in a relationship, leave them alone. They're happy in their relationship, and let's just leave them to it. Whereas if you're not, in a, if you're not in a relationship, you're everyone's problem to the point that Ellie was saying that some of my my family had said. Again, oh, already you can say that bit because actually it's you
1: who heard it from <laughs> yeah. my family. Yeah. Exactly. It was just so interesting because obviously we had a catch up before this call about like how your family and again some of the comments it was never again as said it was never with malice but the amount of times we were on like family walks or we met up and um I don't know I was with your like with your parents perhaps or some of the cousins and they would just say like oh you know I feel really sorry for Bonnie you know she just hasn't found someone yet but you know she's a great girl she absolutely will find someone soon and you know she's just kind of off at the moment doing her own thing and I was like. It's just—it was so ironic because actually, every time I, I spoke to Bonnie or, or looked at your social media or had a conversation with you about what was going on in life, you always seemed super happy and you seemed like you were out there having the best experiences, you know, making the, the making the most of life. And it was just such a for me. It was what I was being told from your family members was like the complete opposite of what I was, you know, talking to you about. So yeah, the perceptions yeah. I think are very different from actually the individual who is loving life and the family looking yeah. in
2: looking in at
1: you as a problem
2: yeah if you hadn't have met me you'd probably have this perception of someone who's like really sad and you know miserable and actually I didn't have those worries they're not my worries I don't know why you're worrying about I'm feeling sympathetic for me I'm not worried about it so yeah it's
0: funny the the other thing I think you end up like I've heard people say is oh but they're so pretty like why why can't they find someone like they're so attractive and it's like oh so like what so what's wrong with them? Or and the same the same thing does happen to men. I hear like, oh, why why are they not married yet? What's wrong with them? Um, but it's definitely it's definitely a thing with men.
2: Yeah, I mean, to your point of I'm not anti men. I'd love to meet someone, but I'm I also feel really lucky in to to live my life in my life, and I live the life I want. I get to choose the people I spend my time with. I haven't got any in laws. I haven't got friends of my partner who I don't get on with, and I have to go and spend time with them. I can go on holiday when I want. I haven't got to be dictated about around when they want to go or where they want to go or the holiday allowance they might have. Like I can go whenever I want, whenever I want, with who I want. I can handpick my life. And I've not yet met anyone who can improve on that. It's quite a high bar because if you set your life to your own standard, you've got to have something really good to get better than the life that you've set around everything that you already love. But I've not found it yet. So I feel like People say, why are you single? That's the most common one. And I say, because I've not met someone that makes me not want to be single. My life's really good and it's as good as it is. And
0: you know what's interesting? I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday about a similar sort of thing. And she's actually only 26 But she is a Muslim from a Somalian background and there is a lot of pressure on her Mm -hmm. to get married and have children. And there's this thing that's like, well, just someone will do. And I don't know if you've watched Indian Matchmaker, but on Indian Matchmaker, they say, like, if you can find someone that's 70% good enough, then they'll do. And so I said to her, like, but it depends what that other 30% is. Like, what's the 30% that's wrong? Uh, Is it that you don't like their knees or you don't like like you know is there a way they speak that annoys you or is it something way worse than that and they aren't willing to do a whole load of stuff that you really enjoy and it's like you shouldn't have to give up going to a certain place or hanging out with a certain person or you know all that stuff to be with someone who's 70% fine like I'm that's that's yeah I'm not up for that
1: Firstly, those pesky knees come up way too often. (laughs) We can't all have sexy knees like you, Nana. (laughs) Actually, I think what Bonnie is describing is a life full of people and full of experiences and um, people that she wants to spend time with. And I think, unfortunately, like, again, you know, that thing of like, oh, when are you going to start a family? It's like, well, you know, I've got my partner. Surely that's enough. You know, everyone's always expecting more from you and it's always centered around these relationships that you have um with with a male partner often but obviously um can be a, a female partner as well so i think we need to start to tackle like we need to start breaking down what lonely actually means because having an enriched life which is just full of people um and friends and good you know good humans that's 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 a great life
2: i think a lot of this ties into actually that 70 percent that you talk about because if you use that same thing, if my life at the moment, I would say is like 90%, it's close to 100. I love my life. It's really good. So if I call it 90%, I've got to meet someone that is over not just 70%. They've got to be 91 plus percent to be better than what I'm already living. So I think it's like a case of looking at, not necessarily what that 30% is, but what actually is your current life at? like, Or are you the kind of person that, actually is really quite lonely you're struggling there's a lot of things you'd like to do that you can't do when you're single and your life is actually just 50 percent in which case if you meet someone that's just 51 percent you're going to be happy because it's better than where you were before so it's an improvement whereas the, the trouble i find is actually i'm living such a good life it's very hard there's a very limited gap of things that are going to make it better um not worse and often you date someone it drops down a lot lower and it's definitely not even at 60 definitely not even at 70 percent and it and it's less good um So I think it's that it's how unhappy are you out of a relationship and how much do you really want that relationship to kind of what is settling? Settling is only lower than what you're currently at, I would say. I
3: I really love already. I'm absolutely loving this episode because a a lot of what uh, and I I say it constantly in previous episodes, that there are always really sad news stories or things where something is going wrong and we need to fix the system. But actually, this is kind of this is demonstrative that women are becoming more empowered. You've got jobs, you've got, you know, autonomy to go and do the things that you want to pursue the sports and the you know, the holidays and go out with the friends that you want when you want as you want. And I, I think that's such a good news story. And um, one of the and, and also obviously to be more uh, picky, I suppose, for ones of a better better word in the people that you're looking to be friends with and perhaps more than friends with and I think I think all of that is a great thing Uh, I just wanted to ask have you when you get the comments that you've talked about how do you respond do you laugh it off or have you spoken to anyone to say that's you know I'm really really happy with my life at the moment and that's not the be all and end all having a partner how do you respond
2: I have started to, a bit like how I started with the, I'm sorry, what did you say? I started to say, well, and I've asked the question back to them. So if they're in a a happy relationship, I question the happy relationship. Because if they're going to question my life, I'll question theirs. That tends to shut them up.
0: And I think that's a great response. And actually, that's what I was just thinking is, like Ellie, you mentioned, well, we've all just mentioned about um, questioning what lonely means, you can be in a relationship and be lonely, really lonely and feel like you've got no one around you, especially if you're unhappy, you can also be really happy in a relationship, but still feel lonely, because all you've got is the two of you. And for one reason or another, there's nothing else happening, and you don't feel like you're seeing anyone, and nothing's different, it's the same every night, or whatever. And some people are really happy with that, but some people aren't. And I think we forget that actually, when you're saying, Bonnie, like, uh, you know, why aren't you in a relationship yet? What you know, it's okay, you'll find someone soon. Well, you know, actually, the a, a lot of people are in these really unhappy relationships where things where they don't discuss things where they don't understand each other where they don't trust each other to go out and see people or you you know there's so many things and and I think that's often forgotten about and whether I think Bonnie I think your your response is fabulous like well you know I you know when are you breaking up with him when are you when are you gonna change (laughs) your relationship um yeah you're so pretty you could be with
2: someone else (laughs) (laughs) and it doesn't actually it's not actually meant to be like a finger up to them it's just meant to be like a reflection of what you're asking me i'm now pointing it back at you and they get, people tend to go okay yeah fair enough fair enough they don't answer they just realize what i'm doing is just saying mirror right back at you so and, and do people do people cotton onto it do they get it yeah so they'll just sort of be like yeah okay that yeah and they won't even answer that it's not it's not meant to be answered it's just like a he hears it back at you and they go okay yeah i, I understood
1: i find it's slightly insulting that they just think you're like walking around unhappy like that's the assumption <laughs> I do, I do,
3: and I don't want to
1: speak. I don't want to speak for Bonnie, but I don't. I don't think they're saying it maliciously. I don't think
3: that they. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Bonnie? When, no, but there's an
1: under. There's an undertone of of like you need to give this person sympathy or your sympathies because because they're single and they're on their own and it's just like oh my god, you've got a milk kiss
3: at Christmas and your birthday, I just really got those <laughs> gifts in because I'm so lonely. Please, could you get me those new Boats headphones? Otherwise, it's gonna get worse.
2: <laughs> That's <a> the <great> idea. <laughs>
3: Although it's not going to help my case for
2: living my happy single life, I think um, actually we didn't. We didn't. I didn't really <laughs> answer your previous question about the age thing. And it definitely is an age thing more so. And I have people who are a more similar age to me going, "Do you know what? I love what you're doing." And and they'll message to me say, "By the way, I'm really proud of what you're doing because you seem so happy, genuinely so happy, and you're doing great things." And I'm a little bit envious that you get to do all those things. But it's the my 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 family or my you know, parents friends who who, who say those kind of comments and as you said the one that's worse when they say oh but you're so pretty and you think well then um, if I'm pretty it must be my shit personality that's failing me that that's the only other side you know that must be what's going wrong so actually you're kind of insulting me by saying
1: that um, I remember my little sister broke up with her boyfriend and my mum's first question is what did you do wrong and I think there's also this assumption when like relationships break down as something that like like the woman did um to not hold on to her man and that is so fucked up I have got a twin sister,
2: so it kind of actually is she's married and she's got children so if anything that really kind of highlights more of a gap than if you you know don't have that situation and um she has always been my worst critic as sisters are and she was living with me at one point and I dated this guy and I was dating him for about three months and and it was like it was going fine it was nothing official but we were just you know. We had a few days uh, every you know, a few days a month, and then he ended it by text. We hadn't actually texted at all. with any WhatsApp, so I get this random text through. He ended it by text while I was on the way. Douchebag. While I was on my way to a friend's funeral, which he knew I was on my way to, and um, with no real reason. Double douchebag. Yeah. yeah. He, they always come back about seven months later he came back to apologize and they always do I'm like oh now you've realized but too little too late see ya um, but my sister was like yeah. but I don't understand you you weren't even weird and I was like no and she was like no but so why did it end and I was like why do you think everything else ends and she was like, I just thought you said started- because he was a twat <laughs> she was like I just thought you, I thought you just turned psycho on them and that's why it was all ending she's been so much nicer to me since like she's realized you're actually quite normal it just happens and I was like yeah I'm really glad that you've that you've been part of this (laughs) I mean similarly actually my mum signed my mum talking to family my mum then took her turn to help out and was was insisted that i sign up to muddy matches because she'd heard it's this fantastic dating app muddy matches is muddy matches that's what it kind of says like they're farmers and countryside chaps. um and i was not that inspired <laughs> by it, it. and you have to pay for it so she- that doesn't
0: that doesn't sound like a 91 percent. i'll be honest yeah
2: we were already only hitting kind of max of 70 60 70 at that point but so i said not me but if you pay for it and you do it, you've got you've got photos of me, you know about me, you can set it up and you can run it. So she went on it and she went for oh, all this and this exciting. Oh, look at him. And I was I went over and she went, What a lovely cow that is. And I was, she was actually more excited by their pets, their cows, their farmyards. And I was like, This and then she got she reached the end of it. And she was like, Oh, I've been through them all. And I was like, Yeah, there aren't many. She went, No, there's not very many. I thought it'd be easier than this. And I was like, There you go. Now we so it's only when they actually experience what you're going through, they're like not as easy as i thought it would be so there we go
0: and on the like turning it back on them i think i i honestly i can't think that there's another a a better response and i've i've definitely used it when someone's asked me when i'm having children or like why i haven't got children and people have said i've said well why why do you yeah like Mm. it's it's like it's it's the same question like people don't realize that that that's not it's not an okay question to ask and I think yeah turning it turning people's questions back on them is is often the way to go
2: I was gonna say around the children one it's a particularly interesting one because probably about five or ten years ago I would have if I'd have heard someone saying why have you got children I'd have been like well duh because that's what we do get married and have children like it was just so ingrained that I didn't even think about (laughs) do I want to have children or do I not? I was like, when will I be having children? Because that's how, it's not just how society is. It's like I said before, like it's an animalistic inbuilt thing that we are made to want to have children. So there's something else that wants it. The second you go, do I want them? And obviously I had the fortune of being a twin, living with my sister with her two children, very young. And I was like, this is hellish. This is absolutely awful. Why would you choose this? And I'm still trying to weigh up the pros versus the cons, whereas it didn't used to be a thing. I was like, obviously, I'll have them. And now I'm like, really? Why would you? If you can give me a really good answer why you want to, that isn't just they look after you when I'm old, then I might just take it more seriously.
3: So I've got a very, very close friend uh, who had tried for kids a number of times and really struggled. Um, and then they decided they were going to go for it. And I had said, you know, what, what about it? What about kids made you want to keep going because it, it just having sort of miscarriages and difficulties in conceiving and all that stuff sounds so awful. Um And they said, well, we thought about it. We thought the last time we thought we'll give it, we'll give it, we'll keep going because we we went through all these kind of pros and cons and really we couldn't think of any reason to have a kid. And then we thought, well, the reason we had it is because we wanted someone to look after us when we get older. <laughs> and I, such as, I, I don't know, it seems like a really odd reason to prove
0: double selfish like Um, so you already you
3: already want to have
0: your own child rather than adopt um and then on top of that you're doing it because you want to be looked after like it's and in a time where the world is falling to pieces i was also also
3: (laughs) thinking the amount of money it costs to raise a human to adolescence Maybe eighteen, probably more like twenty. Stick that amount of money in a decent long-term savings account, and you'll be grand in your retirement. Go, Bonnie wants to yeah. say something. you.
2: hear me out. Like, <laughs> a bit like a nursing home, care homes. Everyone goes into care homes when they're like a bit too old to be there. Find something a bit like a mm-hmm. care home, but all the people who haven't had children have got lots of money and they invest in some nice, like little, like commune up together with all your mates. But when you're old enough, like. Not old enough that you can still party a bit. With round in the Zimmer frames, pop on the '90s hit. <laughs> brilliant time with all your mates, no children, all your money.
3: Now we're talking. Are you are you suggesting a new a, a new business idea? Is it the the Bonnie Hatcher Home for the Home for the Firm as opposed to the Infirm?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I like that. that Let's take my ideas. Let's take them out of the pod. <laughs> Keep it secret. <laughs>
0: I feel I feel like this is a business plan. I feel like it's a business plan. And I was about to say for the childless. And I was like, no, not for the child because that's the other thing. People say you're childless. And I'm like, no, I am I, I need something else that means something full. Mm. Like I'm not childless. I am something full. Uh so that's what you need for your business.
3: The, the hatcher home for the fulfilled. I love it. Mm. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Girls, but also this is, is like really like there's a massive assumption your kid is still going to be talking to you at an age where you then need them to wipe your ass <laughs> like really? what an assumption you could have royally pissed them off at any point in, in that like they could 70, be a twat,
0: you
2: could be
3: a could... Twat,
2: like <laughs> also <laughs> so many we go problems. back to how much it costs to have a child like save all that money up like a short-term carer is going to cost you could yeah. get short-term carer to rub your feet feed your grapes fan you for a hell of a lot less I want that now (laughs) I want that now pay for that instead of children.
0: I've got I've got friends who had kids when they were 19 if I think about like the money that they've spent between 19 and now 36 which is the age I am like maybe if I'd put that money in savings I could have I could now have someone rubbing my feet while we're doing this podcast
2: there we go yeah invest
1: wisely
0: that's a lesson for us all
1: invest wisely um also this uh like there's this weird assumption as well so again this whole get married have kids is all well and good if if you remain married the whole of your life right Mm -hmm. but actually the number of women who get royally stitched up if um the guy chooses to leave or the guy chooses not to be involved in the family and so not only are you then bearing the cost of raising a child but you're doing it on your own um, but there's this is, I think, a really unfortunate narrative that, you know, women benefit greatly out of divorces and, you know, they're screwing over men. And actually, it's just not true. There's um huge amount of data to show, yeah, absolutely fine. If, you, if you've married a millionaire, the chances are you're probably going to get a nice little payout. But for the average day woman, the chances are that they end up racking up a whole bunch of legal fees trying to contest or try and win over the custody of their children, perhaps, or even just to get um, shared um, custody there's huge amounts of uh, men who then use financial um who use financial control to then continue to abuse um their 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 ex-partners by the mother of their children uh, because they're able to do so and again the number of women who take a step back within their careers to raise a family and to support children it ends up being that they don't have as much available income as as perhaps the male um because they've unfortunately put themselves in a vulnerable position and um, left their the future in the hands of a man who who's now left the home and again that doesn't happen in every relationship but it is something to note that you know there's still a lot of pressure for women to go down that that route and sometimes women and men settle earlier than they would um, because of societal pressures religious um, pressures and it can leave women in unfortunate positions you know so
3: Well, I think you're making a really important point, and it ties in with some of the conversations we were having a few episodes ago about about domestic abuse not just being physical. It can be psychological, and particularly it it can be financial. A huge part of it is women giving up their financial independence or any kind of income. I was listening to a speaker a little while ago who was talking about uh, kind of domestic abuse uh, and the pressures that women are under. And they were saying once a female gives up her financial independence, it's game over. She was saying they they just can't leave. Um, Toby and I were having a conversation the other day about he wants to retire and set up a dog kennels because uh, he's a bit of a dog himself. He likes to run around and just eat beef jerky. And then have a snooze uh, and i was saying <laughs> i love that yeah, well i no, don't don't we it's all a bad don't life. Want to, i know and he'd be very good at it playing playing with loads of dogs all day is absolutely his dream um, but i was saying i don't i don't want you to retire because if at some point you decide you don't want to be in this anymore I, I want you to be able to leave i don't want to feel that you would ever be forced or you know even the possibility of you being in a position where you think i don't want to be around anymore but i don't know what to do and that would just make you miserable
0: What an interesting conversation to have, though. What an like a fascinating conversation to have where you're like, I want you to have the opportunity to leave.
1: Yeah. But equally, I've had that with Joe. So I've definitely had that with Joe about um, so actually, again, I was criticized, not criticized, but there's a lot of conversations came out about um, so my hypothetical children come up a lot in conversation, despite the fact that you know, Joe and I are very much on the fence about having kids. But it's often like, Ellie, what would you do? when you have kids i'm like like i don't understand why i'm now making decisions about my life about something that doesn't even exist yet and i think that happens a lot and yeah um but i was having a conversation with my dad a little while ago and he was talking about um i said you know if Joe and i ever have kids i'd want to split the maternity i'd, I'd want us both in an opportunity to return to the workforce and to be in a position where um where we're both earning our own money and i had that similar conversation with joe's sister and joe's sister turned around and said well what are you going to do when they start when they need to go to nursery and stuff. And I said, well, firstly, again, this is hypothetical children, so it's a lot of questions to answer when we don't actually know the context, really. And secondly, you are assuming that Joe is going to be well his whole life and able to earn money. And I think when you look at a partnership, when you put... The complete onus on one individual to do one thing in that relationship, whether that's earn the money or raise your children or do the do the house cleaning. If you put all of that dependency on one person, you are assuming that person is going to be able to do that the whole of their lives or the whole of the time that is necessary that they do it. And I said, what happens if Joe has a bike accident? Touchwood, you know what happens if he gets into a position where he can't earn or he is made redundant, and we have a period of time where. We can't, you know, he's not bringing home the money that we have now, I'm now dependent on. Um, So so surely as a unit, the best thing we can do, not only as individuals, but also as a pair, is to earn as much money as we can together. Um, And as Anne-Marie said, you know, that kind of allows then room if either of us wants to leave, that we're neither of us are on the back foot. It also means that if something happens to one of us, we're both in a position to look after us economically. More um, financially and I don't know it just feels like and I said it just for me feels so much more like common sense than restricting one of the parties to become completely dependent on the other
0: yeah I mean so uh so I'm seeing someone at the moment and uh we've talked weddings and babies and all that kind of stuff because you know we're old and that means we you, you need to be on the same page <laughs> on that kind of stuff um so can and, you clarify uh, what what
1: age is old
0: i'm thirty six he's forty, I
2: feel like I'm being pulled into that one with you i just
0: yeah, I just think uh, I'm being realistic, and we're gonna move on to this, I'm sure in a minute, uh around babies and stuff, but and egg freezing and what have you, but yeah, I've got to be realistic, you know my my mum had a hysterectomy at thirty 30- the the chances are there's something going on down there that's not okay and and there's a possibility i can't have kids so i need to think about that and so we need to be on Mm -hmm. the same page and so we have talked about it and we have thought about it and i mentioned to a friend in front of him the other day oh well you know if if we have kids i'll go back to work and he will he'll stay at home and that person said turned to him and said how do you feel about that and there was a bit of me that was like i don't think that would ever happen if it was the other way around like it's like oh i mm. i just put that on him like that that was a surprise no we discussed that and they said oh would you stay off for six months and him go off for a couple more and i was like oh no no i would be off for the minimum i could be and then he would yeah. take the rest of it because i earn more than he does and therefore this makes sense to us um and yeah it's just a it's a straight it's a very yeah these hypothetical children the 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 mm-hmm. the kind of things that are put on us that we're expected to do and be and and what our partners are not expected to do and be
2: um I went on a date a little while not that long ago um, and it ties into the fact that we talked about is it an age thing and I went on a date with this guy and he got a saying he got talking about he'd basically uh been I think he was engaged or had a, a long-term girlfriend up until about a year ago and she'd fallen pregnant and then lost the lost the baby so they'd had the conversation about what they would do he was ex-army he'd gone back into work and she was um very successful high flyer so she was earning a lot more than him and they talked about what they would do when with, with the baby and he said well of course I wasn't going to give up my job was I and I said what do you mean of course you weren't going to and he said well I've cried haven't I Said, yeah, but logically, she earns more than you. Yeah, that was something. Anything she can say. We can get a nanny and she can keep working. And literally there and then on the date, I was like, I'm just going to, going to put my little red flag out. Too many red flags. This isn't going to go any further, but we can carry on the rest of the dinner and then or the rest of the, you know, finish a drink and then, then we can go home. He was, he was so surprised. And I was like, why are you surprised by this? At sort of late thirties, early forties, yeah. he was baffled that it wasn't okay. Like that was not. And I was baffled that he was saying it, that the pride thing was overcoming any logic, any kind of financial gain, it was all the pride. Can we, can our first
0: Unfairer Sex merch be red flags for dating? (laughs) Where people can actually bring out a little red flag and be like,
3: yeah, no, I'm not good. I'll buy it. I mean, yeah. (laughs) On a serious note, actually, there is... Have you heard of Angela? Is it cool, Angela? Or for those who yeah. aren't aware of it, it's often on sort of the back of the female toilets. That if you are feeling uncomfortable for whatever reason in a bar, although I've never tested it, um, you sh- you're supposed to be able to go to the bartender or someone who works for the pub and say, I'm looking for Angela, or can you call Angela or just cite the name Angela? And it's a signal to them that you, you d- you're not comfortable with the situation and you don't want to be there anymore. And they will try and subtly remove you from that situation perhaps they'll fake a call or or something like that but
0: call a cab a lot of them will call Mm. a cab and get you out a back door yeah
3: exactly so there's there's always (laughs) that can that can be equally good in terms of a red flag if you don't want to be there but I imagine it was I imagine it's a fascinating conversation to have with someone who's so diametrically opposed um I don't know how long did you stay for the entire dinner Bonnie
2: yeah, well, it was. I was finding it fascinating because it was actually shortly after reading the Block, Delete, Move On book by La 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 Let Me Explain, who's on Instagram up and is brilliant at night. And she has some very, very simple, the book is so simple and it basically just calls out red flags so that you go, ah, oh, it was really obvious. And there you are going, oh, look, a bit of bunting. It's not fucking bunting. It's all the red flags lined up. Like, open your eyes. So I was down the stage, that's not bunting. There we go. Like, I, And I was like, what else is he going to say? And the things he came out with, I was like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. And it was just, uh, it was just fascinating that you kind of almost read the book and go, these people don't exist. Surely they don't exist. And there he was. Were you your chauvinist bingo?
3: Yeah, basically. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, well, he would have won it straight away. We had them all come out. It was awful. I love that.
3: That is what we definitely can do. We could do an unfairer sex dating bingo of all the of all the ridiculous things people say that they would never take me to let's do that and, you know yeah.
0: um, i have mean, got one to add i've got one to add that one of my friends told me the other day that uh he said that when when his partner has a child he expects her to spring back like as soon as possible and if she didn't then he would expect her
2: to have plastic surgery oh my god well the actual day one. Date one. Well, that was actually, that reminds me of something else. This same guy said on the date, which was basically, I turned up and within a few minutes, he said, Oh, you actually look like your pictures. But well, I've been on a couple of days recently and they were really fat. That was the first red flag. And I was like, Oh, is, is that a problem for you then? Is it? And he was like, Well, of course it is because I want someone <laughs> who, who takes care of himself. And I was like, Why does someone who's a bit overweight not take care of himself? That's not a reflection. And he went, No, no, of course it is. Of course it means it's how they take care of themselves. And I said, Well, what if they, what if they have an injury? So they're they actually quite, you know, they're quite fit and active, but they can't train at the moment. Or they have a baby and they, you know, put their weight on. He went, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. I'll be up at six with her at the gym. We'll work out together. We'll motivate each other. I said, oh, great. That sounds fun. Getting up at six every day and going to bed at nine because you're so tired. He went, no, no. We won't go to bed at nine. We'll get into bed at nine. We'll have amazing sex. We'll be in such good shape. And then we'll go to sleep. And I was like, your oh, brain. What world are you living in? It was baffling. There are
1: some there are some days I am really grateful that I met Joe when I met Joe and I like I've completely I I basically met him in, in a bar. Um and that's it. That that's very I, I never I never got to go through what most people do today, which is obviously meet people online. Um although I read this stat today, which isn't interesting. So there uh, you've got um uh if you meet someone online, you're six times more likely to get divorced than if you meet in person. I mean, that doesn't say a lot for our
0: future divorce rates, considering the number of people that I know that have met online.
2: I'm feeling really uh, smug. Yeah, that's not good. And you're more likely to divorce within the first three years as well. So now I'm sitting here feeling really smug that I'm not in a relationship, so I haven't got to get divorced. <laughs> but Bonnie could have, we could have like a, a,
0: a, a not married party where everyone can just wear amazing dresses. Uh, we can have lots of incredible cakes. We can, like, all the stuff that you have in a wedding, but just without the man. And have
2: a hen do where all my, toys, all my people can come to my Hindu, And then I can have some speeches where people just say nice things about me. That's like the perks of the wedding. Like, nice dresses, nice cakes. People say nice things. You get drunk and go home. like
1: I'm okay with that. Uh, Anne-Marie made a really good point. I don't know which episode this was, but it was a little time ago, is uh, why do we only celebrate um, things which center around relationships? Like, why don't we celebrate people who start businesses more or, you know, um, write their first book or, you know, learn a new hobby and they've gone traveling on their own, that kind of stuff. Like, why, why don't we um, celebrate kind of that kind of stuff as well, like individual achievements rather than um, just things with, like, with things in a relationship. Do you think that is that puts
2: extra pressure on why people, the excitement of getting married because it's towards this big celebratory party? Because I feel like over lockdown, people had these kind of quieter weddings. You didn't even know they'd had weddings. It was all quite quiet. They're now married, but it's not that different in my eyes to when they were dating because there wasn't this big or singing or dancing thing. And that's, I'm less fuss about it because I'm like, yeah, we're all just in the same boat. Some are dating, some aren't. And definitely weddings put this extra pressure on, we're aiming for this specific key part of it.
0: So I as I said I was with I was with my last boyfriend for 18 years um and uh a lot of people were like why aren't you married why haven't you done this thing why don't someone said like why don't you want to stand up in front of your friends and tell each other that you love each other and I was like because everyone knows like everyone knows that we love each other and stuff um and uh and but the 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 thing that stuck in my head was well, everyone else has had their day. So why shouldn't I have mine? And, um, and, and actually, I just wanted a party. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I didn't need a wedding. I just want a party where I get to be the center of attention, where I get to wear a beautiful, big dress and not necessarily big, just beautiful, beautiful dress. And where my friends are having the, Best time. That's all I want. I want everyone to get pissed. I want everyone to have, to have amazing food, and I want to wear a big dress. That's all.
3: I'm absolutely with you, and and I. So many people, I think, look forward or imagine their wedding day, and they imagine less the rest of their life spent
1: with one person. Yeah. <laughs> um This is the problem. I think we we're, we're raised in a society to still want those things, right? And we're considered to not have achieved. Um, certain milestones in life if we remain unmarried or if we remain um, childless Um, and I think it's such a shame that again that we don't celebrate individual achievements more and and those kind of milestones it's still an expectation that you know if you're not married and settled down by the time you're 30 and you know you're not planning your kids um, and what children you are going to have then you're missing out on something that you haven't quite fulfilled what it is in life that you should be achieving and it's absolutely that's right for a lot of people and we're not um you know we're not pooping on that but I feel for for the other people it's still such a strong narrative today that there is this sense of fuck you know am am I doing this wrong like what is wrong with me why can't I achieve what I've been told I should have achieved by now um and as as Anne-Marie said it it kind of becomes so fixated on one day that you kind of, the rest of your life then seems like, oh, what what else can you, what, what else is there past marriage, really? Is that why all the anniversaries are there, to make you keep keep going for like new milestones? So
2: you get congratulations on, on your wedding and you get congratulations on your new home when you buy a new house, because they're two things that are quite permanent. Once it's done, the idea is that stays the same, whereas you don't get such, you don't do a party when you get a promotion because you might get another promotion. or And so I think it's the same in sort of, living life, like life continues and you continue to have fun. And no one says, oh, well, done for having a really fun year because next year might be really fun. And so, but also you're like, it's because it's the end. So once you're married, like, that's the end thing. And then when you've got a house, well, that's the kind of end thing. You mm. can stay there married in t- and in your house. And that's the thing. And maybe we need to have different figures of like, maybe birthdays should be a point for celebrating that you're here and you're happy and you're doing this, which they are. But that should be the point of like, rather than if you're single at this age, that should be a celebration of your life at this at this age of what you're doing, rather than just a generic day of celebration. That makes sense. Your, your achievements. Are-
0: I mean, what I was, I was, I was about to suggest that we come up with some kind of business where we do celebrate those things, but I'm worried that there is, you know, there's there's already too many cards, uh, you know, secretaries' days and teachers' days and all of these other things. But maybe we should start having parties for all this stuff. Like, how cool is it that you're so happy and single at 35 like have a party for that why not or when I have a promotion like my friends are amazing and when I get a promotion nine times out of ten I do get a card or I get a bottle of wine or something like they're they're amazing but that doesn't happen with everybody so like why don't we start celebrating those things a bit more those things that actually are like truly very important to your development um i'm not sure that getting married is a important thing to your development.
3: i i completely agree and it's not just it's not just that we could we could change the narrative on the boring old standard celebrations you know like so you guys have run out of things to talk about you're getting married or sorry your birth control failed you're expecting that kind of thing make it a do you know what everyone goes through this there's nothing special about you (laughs)
2: Yeah, and then it was. So you've given up. It's because it's also it's because of this huge song and dance. Then if you haven't got it, you're like, I'm, I'm fate. It's that that's sort a of backwards law thing of if you're trying to get to something, as the the entire time you haven't got it, you feel like you haven't achieved something. So really, if we're all going, oh, wedding's a brilliant day, let's all try and get married. Then in, the entire time you're not married, you feel like you're not happy. Whereas if that was no longer a thing and it was actually a bit laughable, you want to get married. Why are you doing that? Then not being married would be less of a thing because either way you know either way you flip the coin it's it's just it's all good
1: so what does it mean to be a modern woman today one of the biggest things about um feminism today is the fact that a lot of the movements have been trying to dismantle the patriarchal roles that men and women play and uh Some of that comes down to this idea that women no longer feel that they need to be a wife to anyone. Some women don't feel that they need to be a mother. Um, Others would like to prioritize their careers. Um, Others want to spend their life traveling to help women achieve that lifestyle there's been a series of things introduced in society which is which has enabled women to to have these new freedoms one of those is massively fought after um, laws that protect women there's also been the right to vote has come in but there's been other really marvelous things which have been attributed to helping women progress to where we are today Uh, one of those is the bicycle Um, that was considered to be one of the pivotal moments in history of allowing women to have greater freedoms uh, to the point where African suffragette leader and social activist Susan B. Anthony wrote in 1896, I think the bicycle has done more to emancipate women than any other thing in the world. I rejoice every time I see a woman ride by on a bike, it gives her a feeling of self-reliance and independence the moment she takes her seat and away she goes, the picture of untrammeled womanhood.
0: And for anyone who hasn't listened to episode, I think, two of uh, Policing Women's Clothing, we cover more on the bicycle and clothing around the bicycle in that episode. So go back and listen to it.
1: Absolutely. Um, and that, that's brilliant, because actually at the time, um, not only did women feel they no longer needed a male escort to get around and they were able to go further away from home, but the fashion also changed. And there was Frances Willard who wrote, uh, if women ride, they must have been riding dress more rationally. So it actually gave uh, women the opportunity to actually start dressing in things other than corsets and very heavy undergarments, which uh, helped. The other things was, actually, no, before we move on, there's this brilliant thing. So women were warned that riding bicycles were immoral and that doctors even went so far as to say it could lead to a terrifying medical condition called bicycle face, a special risk to women's appearances and complexion. And that was definitely covered in our recent episode. Do we know what bicycle face was supposed to be?
0: It basically means that your face flushes. It just means you get a bit hot. But, but, you know, a, a red face is not sexy. Uh, if any of you have ever, you know, found that a red face is sexy, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> I
1: disagree. Um, <laughs> I, you can have a per- like, it's,
3: uh, no, a red face is fine
1: um other things that have helped uh women find uh independence and more freedom uh the electric washing machine it gave time back to women within the house yes. um, and allowed them to go uh, yeah, to take on more hours at work and again this is like such a sad thing because had uh, a conversation the other day about uh when men went to war women stayed at home it's like no Women work their fucking asses off. And like the problem we've got is that there's been such a, a thing that women have never worked throughout history and it's just a load of crap. There's been a small proportion of women who were able to not work because they had enough money uh, within their families to enable them to do so. But there has been a lot of women who have had to work their entire lives and just never been able to spend that money. That money's gone straight into a um, another pot that they never got to claim. So uh, I thought you meant something very different when you mentioned washing machines for independent
2: women and I definitely thought you meant the vibrating washing machine joy (laughs) I thought that was what the angle
1: was with that line (laughs) whoops double advantages I mean absolutely Uh, actually I don't have sex toys in here but they should be added to the list um other things I have is uh the birth control So the birth control pill, um, technology also enabled women to open up avenues for online activism, community building, career opportunities uh, for women who couldn't necessarily work the nine to five. Um, It also increased awareness and engagement around women's rights issues. And obviously, we've got things such as like Me Too, Time's Up, social media movements as well. So technology has greatly um, enabled women to connect a bit better. Uh, The sanitary pads, uh, which is actually this one pissed me off a little bit because the first pads were made uh, by nurses in France to actually help stop the bleeding of men so despite the fact that women have bled our entire lives throughout the whole of history it took men bleeding in war for us to try and think of a solution to uh control the blood flow
0: where did they where did they bleed from just everywhere and they or,
3: <laughs> yeah
1: i don't like, if I, what, yeah what
0: I, was the problem uh, like were they bleeding from their butts were they bleeding like what was happening
1: they were they were in war, so it was just like arms and legs and just
0: everywhere. Error. And then they're like, "Oh, we need a pad to cover this." Yeah, we
1: need a, we need something to help control the blood flow. And then from there, they created oh, a pad for like that, like a huge plaster, like a huge plaster thing. Yeah,
2: okay.
0: It's like
1: she's the man okay. where she, you know the guy sticks the tampon up his nose to help absorb the blood.
0: Okay, fine, fine, fine yeah. Fine, fine.
1: But what, the irony okay. of this is that women have had this problem literally since the dawn of time, and it took men to bleed. On battlefields before we took the, I was like, oh, maybe we should find a solution to uh, to help bleed in people. There's a. Have you
3: seen the? I mean, fairly recently in the last couple of weeks, it is Scotland has announced uh, that they're they're going to be offering free period products. How great is
1: that? The last thing here is, is trousers. So again, back to fashion, but this is now. Got moved on from riding trousers. uh, And actually, it helped people who had to work the fields and in factories where it was just completely inappropriate to wear masses of um, fabric and things were put in machines and stuff. So, not only was it for safety, but also then um, enabled women to pursue. And actually, I didn't know this, but Joan of Arc famously cross-dressed in men's armour, tunics and hoses, that I did know. But when she was burned at the stake um, by the English in 1431, one of the most damaging charges against her was that she was wearing men's clothes.
0: What a hay bag what, what a hay bag
1: Yeah, so why has been a liberation for women. So... I think that was a really interesting list, and again, I don't think anyone can really deny that um, with the advancements of uh, things like technology and the introduction of the pill and uh, sanitary products, it has enabled women to, to leave the home in pursuit of their careers. Or an education is actually one of the um, the biggest advantages to women is that they're able to they're able to go and get um, an education, which can then lead to obviously better career prospects for themselves. And actually, what I found really interesting about this is that. Not only did women then gain greater financial freedom because they were earning their own money, what we actually found is that the, with when they were able to look after their own birth control and choose when they were to have their children, it actually gave them, again, greater opportunities to delay putting their lives on hold. And, um I know some women and, and some couples don't believe that having kids puts your lives on hold. But if we're looking at this uh, from the fact that a woman literally, and I know a friend of mine who has already decided that like her next house has to be the house that they're going to stay in for the next 10 years. Cause she doesn't want to have to move again before she has kids. She's also turned down a promotion in preparation for having a child. Um, so women absolutely do start to slow down and put their lives on hold in preparation for children. Um, and actually Bonnie, we would love to hear a little bit more about egg freezing because on top of birth control there are obviously new medical advancements today that enable women to have children a little bit later um actually to have children on their own if they would like to and it'd be really interesting to hear about your journey having your eggs frozen and anything that you'd like to share around that experience sure
2: um so i what was really interesting i froze my eggs um just this year so i was sort of 34 35 and when I did it I shared it on on social media because I'd learned how important it was to do it from all the research I'd had at that point of deciding to do it and a phenomenal amount of my friends came back and said oh I've done this I've done this I've done this and I was like why have you told me I could have done it so much sooner if I'd thought about it sooner but I hadn't been prompted to think about it sooner so I think it's a really good thing to talk about to recommend to others so from the age of from the age of about 30 your egg quality starts to or your your count and your quality starts to deplete so you really should be thinking about it at about 30 if you want it as an option and you basically have to freeze fewer and you have more chance of getting more if you do it earlier if you haven't done it yet and you're hitting sort of 35 36 plus you can still do it but you'll probably have less your the the quality will be less good so you need more and you'll get fewer so that's kind of why timing is so important and. It's really expensive and it's really expensive and you have to take that but that burden on as a you know, if you're obviously if you're in a relationship, you might be in a relationship and think we don't want children yet, we're making the decision to have them later, in which case let's freeze our eggs or let's freeze our embryos, which have an even greater chance of kind of surviving and, and um turning as children. So if you know the partner that you're with, you can freeze embryo embryos and they are a more successful freeze rate. Um but if you're if you're single and you want to have kids on your
3: sorry when you say embryos do you mean the kind of fertilized ready to plant yeah so stuff. you can
2: freeze eggs you can freeze sperm you can implant them and freeze them as embryos if you are in a relationship you could freeze the the sperm that you want to have it with and the egg together and then you have the embryo of the child you two would have and you can have it you can then implant it later or if you're single and want to have a child on your own you could Get a donor sperm, and it, and then you could implant, then you could freeze that embryo, knowing it was going to be with a, with a donor sperm. If you then meet someone and you can't have children, you then would have an embryo that isn't with their sperm, but you've paid the money to have that embryo, so you get to have whatever you want, to be honest. Um, or you could freeze just eggs, but at every point, there's more chance of things happening. So you basically freeze your eggs, you have to unfreeze them, then turn them into an embryo. And then, so that every chance there's more things happen. So that's why if you freeze it as an embryo, it's just a little bit more secure. So they're the kind of things you have to be thinking about. And I recently learned that the quality of men's sperm also declines at a similar rate. So from about the age of 30, men's sperm quality declines. And it can mean that there is not things that, you, well, for a start, it can mean that you, they have difficulties um, with pregnancy, but also, or with, with getting their partner pregnant, but also, uh, there are studies that haven't gotten hit you know, but there are apparently studies that actually later on in life the children from their older age sperm can have problems so actually if you want to have a better chance of children with better quality of life they should be freezing their sperm but no one talks about it because why would you You know why is the pressure no one talks out? about the it pressure is always going to be on women and so i've spent a lot of money freezing some eggs it's the same process that people go through for IVF, and it's quite horrific and it's quite intense. I, I didn't really realize it was going to be quite like that, but it's incredible that people go through the same thing for IVF and don't talk about it because they don't feel they can because of the. It's a bigger conversation, is if you're actually trying there and then to have a child, you don't necessarily want everyone knowing and asking and trying all these same things we've sort of discussed before. Um, but if, you, if you're freezing it to one day have a child, it's kind of easier to talk about it. But a lot of people were very grateful. I was very open because they were like, I'm going through all this for IVF. And it's good that someone is just vocalising what I'm going through.
3: When you first heard about it and you thought that maybe freezing your eggs might be something for you, how did you go and investigate it more? As in, did you go and speak to a doctor or was there a specialist you needed to go to? How did you take it beyond the conversation and the internet searches? That's a
2: very good question. The reason I actually found about it was from an Instagram ad recommending that I donate my eggs. They're short of egg donors. And I thought, well, I'm not sure I will have kids of my own. I've got a twin sister who's got children. So my genes have been carried already. So I don't, you know, if I can't have my own children, that part has already been done. My genes have been carried down. Why don't I donate eggs and help somebody else? Because I know a lot of my friends have been struggling and going through all these trials and tribulations. So actually, I feel like I can do something good here. Um, I thought all the paperwork says you have until you're 35 to donate. So I was sort of 34, I think, at the time. Um, Went through the process. It took quite a long time. So by the time it happened, I was going to be 35. And then I contacted them and said, look, you're being quite slow. We've got until August. Hurry up, hurry up. And they said, oh, no, 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 you've got until you are 36. Like, you've got one or 35. So I thought, okay, well, now I've got a bit more time. I'm not in so much of a rush. I'll freeze my own because I have got time. And then I'll donate afterwards.
0: One of the things I think I'm interested in is, is it because when you... So isn't it when you're over 30... It must be when you're over 35, you become a... A geriatric pregnancy, right? Yeah. Um, which is bloody depressing. Uh, but is that why you've got to your thirty-five? Are your eggs shit after thirty-five? Is that or or you're they're less viable? Or because isn't it a shame if there are people who are 39 40 still have viable eggs,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but they don't want to have kids? C- they can't just chuck them out. Yeah. So it's, I mean, obviously, give them to other people.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the expert on this, but I've got to a point where I've become a bit of an expert and friend, because I was very open about it on social media. A lot of friends have got their friends to come to me and ask me questions. So I've been like, because, so actually, Emily, to answer your question, I didn't really know who to ask about it because there wasn't anyone to ask and I had to pay a lot of money to ask questions because that's what consultants charge. So I had to sort of work on my questions and ask them in one go. And if I had one extra question, it was sort of, yeah, quite hard to find the answers. So I've become a bit of a, a I've found more things out. So uh from about the age of i think it's close to 35 your egg quality kind of drops off a little bit of a cliff so it does hit quite hard but um you've got two things you've got the egg quality so you've got your the score i think that's the amh score that's the quality of the eggs so you get a, a score for that so i've got a score for my amh score and it's middle range it's all right score. and then you've got your follicle count so this is something i didn't know as well you've got all these follicles and each month when you ovulate one of your one of your they all have eggs all the follicles have eggs and one will start growing a little bit faster than the rest and they go okay off you go so one wins and that starts growing and that produces the egg when you get twins it's sometimes because two go at the same rate and release at the same time but that's quite rare and so what happens with the um egg freezing is they stimulate you so they put all the, you pump yourself with these hormones that make them all just keep growing so you've got lots of follicles all with um eggs growing in them tomato plant <laughs> yeah like a tomato plant and some ripen better than others so some are bigger some are smaller so you get the ones left and then you have to take this other injection exactly 24 hours before or 36 hours before actually it's a trigger inj- injection and it pings them all to the edge so then when they go into the retrieval which is internal retrieval they just pick them off like a little tomato plant picking them off and in my head, that's all that happened because they were like, "Do you want to know the detail of what happens when you're sedated?" And I was like, "No, no, you pick those out, and I'll just, I mean, how many you get?" So you need to be sedated for the injection, for well, the retrieval. You are sedated, so for the retrieval, not anesthetic.
3: But it's oh, right. I see. So. Yeah.
0: So yeah so that, that's what I was about to ask I think before we move on to like other stuff like what is the process so are you under when they or are you just sedated when they take their eggs and yeah I, I think it's a really interesting thing people might not necessarily
2: know. Sure so um if you decided you wanted to go ahead and do it you'd find your chosen clinic so you look online there's there's all sorts of clinics to choose from some will take you with a lower AMH score and others have to have a certain you know only do a certain number of follicles or certain amh um so they'll give you your score there. so the amh is a blood test and the follicle count is a essentially a condom on a dildo that's essentially what it is wiggles around does some counting tells you how many follicles you've got as your base rate um then you pay them lots of money they send you various injections so for two weeks before you take one injection in your stomach for three days or two days and then and you have to keep going in every two days to the clinic they'll do more scans they'll do more blood tests and then they'll call you and say right okay change your dosage to this or this and then you do a second injection so you're then doing two a day one is to make them all grow and one is to stop you releasing them so um that's the two you're having that's super interesting for about two weeks and then you're going in every two days and having these scores so they're going so they'll tell you like you've got five on this side and eight on this side and these are the sizes of them and you when you get them to i think it's a minimum of 16 millimeters um or maybe someone, however many it is they can then retrieve them so going into mine i was expected to get eight i actually only got three um, which is why I was very disappointed because it was quite a bladder. I have a phobia of needles. The whole thing was quite horrific, and they got a lot less than I was expecting to get. A friend of mine did a retrieval at 37 and 38, and she now has 26 eggs on ice. So the age thing, you know, I've also got people in their 30s, you know, friends that are contacting me, they're in their 30s going, oh, my AMH score is this, and my follicle count is this. Should I even bother? And I'm like, look, I'm not an expert, but that's quite low. But, you know, you do only need one egg to be successful. So it kind of depends on how much you want to have children. I've now got the decision of with three eggs, do I want to do it again? And if I do it again, I have to do it for about four weeks because they can give me even more injections. To, they've done a test run. They want me to spend even more money on even more injections to do it for about a month. She said that one of them is adding testosterone. It can make you feel like you're psychotic. And some people get very confused about why they feel so shit. And it's actually just the hormone, So don't worry. And I was like, it was a shit two weeks as it was. So I'm not sure I want it. So I have made the decision of, do I want to go through all this and pay all this money, which is probably out of the two rounds going to come close to about 15 grand to then maybe not meet someone. And never use them and pay pay every year to freeze to keep them frozen maybe never meet someone and never need them or meet someone who doesn't want children or meet someone and decide we do want them and have to pay to get them out of storage in, insert them do all the all the shebang and they've just sat back waiting for me to deal with it it's just all on women and it's not you know i think the whole thing is very intense on women and on your budget your bang bang everything is intense
1: so I, I'm going to throw a little uh, spanner in the works here. So um, there is criticism towards women who do stuff like this. And the reason for that is because we are uh, taking opportunities away from men to be fathers. We are denying relationships to people. We are, you know expecting, well, women are volunteering up thousands of pounds to um, go through a process such as delaying having childbirth, which is something they could do with just a random guy every day of the week. So why is it important that we have things like egg freezing and uh, contraception um, and birth control pills available to women? Because
0: we shouldn't have to deal with 70%. We shouldn't have to have a baby with the 70%. Mm-hmm. We should be having our babies with our 91% man or our 95 I, I, I don't think there is a hundred. There's probably not someone that you're so happy with that are going to be a hundred percent, but we should be allowed to have a baby with our 91% man. So that's why it's bloody important. I guess what, what I've, what I've taken from Bonnie, your description of all of this is that, I mean, it's really tough and and you've been through a whole lot. And actually, I think when you said, you know, do we, do I go through it again and then find out there's a whole load of people that might not want this? Well, actually, I'm less, I, I was thinking less about like a guy that you're going to get with that might not or might want children. But whether you want children in the future and whether you're willing to uh, have that on your own, like that wasn't one of the things that you offered as an option like this was all to do with like meeting someone and having a baby with someone is that is that a consideration that you've got
2: that's a fair point the reason I've said that is because I don't want to have a child on my own I've seen people doing it on their own and it's a real burden and looking at that percentage of life fair enough I think that if you if you look at all the percentages and I say my life's now 90 I don't I see a child with a partner who wants a child and you 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 know do it all together and you share the work and you share the burden and and then they share the joy you can get that you can be on par with your 90% if not those 100% moments where you just have the most wonderful time I think if you choose to do it on your own you're not going to get to 90% now don't get me wrong I have friends who are single mums and they are doing a bloody good job and the joy they get when they when it's going brilliantly is so good but the peaks and troughs are so much that I wouldn't choose it I think if you found yourself in a situation, you'd almost sympathize with yourself, like this is really rough and I'm going through it and I'm making it work. If you choose it, that all falls to you. Like those tough times, well, you did choose that. So I just think it's a bit different. So it's not something i choose.
3: I'm just spitballing here. But obviously you're saying that part of the reason that you wouldn't do it on your own is because you want there to be someone else because it's so difficult doing it on your own. So... For example, theoretically, if you came across a best mate and both of you are the same age and you didn't think that you were gonna meet a, a partner anytime soon and they wanted a kid as well, let's theoretically call it another female. Would you consider raising a child with another female best mate, or would you consider it's kind of essential for it to be a male, for it to be someone you're romantically involved in? What would your what, what are your boundaries there? It's a fascinating question.
2: I my priority for my life is to meet a partner not to have a child so that's how I'd answer that question so no not for me but I have got friends who are talking about doing it about, about having their own children each but at the same time so literally because you can plan it obviously you plan it to be at the same time they give birth within about a week or two of each other and they choose to live nearby and they support each other they babysit for each other and no, it hasn't happened yet they've talked about it as a bit. Of, you know maybe this is what we'll do and i had gone now. I'm not in. I'm not in for that because I don't want children that much. I'd rather have a partner and go and travel the world and do amazing things. But if that 91 doesn't come, 91 doesn't come along, I'll do it on my own. I'll do life on my own. I don't think that having a child on my own will be better than having a partner. Whenever the time comes,
0: do you worry? Do you worry that? Uh, and I hope you. I hope this doesn't make you worry. One of the things I'm wondering, just on the basis of your, sorry, what did you say? That if people know that you have done the egg freezing and stuff, and then you don't meet someone you want to have children with, people are like, "Well, that was a waste." Because I, I personally don't think it's a waste. I think that you've made a call on your life, and you have made like taken steps to decide how you want to live your life. But like, I can see
2: that kind of thing happening. I, I the first one was it was almost that close because so I was like three three like you need at my age you need about 10 on ice for one child every egg has something like an 18 percent chance of success but that varies based on your age so I was like uh, uh, friends of mine who have done it and have got sort of 10 to 15 26 in some cases eggs are going it's such a relief it just takes that pressure completely off so actually they wouldn't regret it because if they don't use them the relief and the pressure that's been taken off is so worth it I was a little bit, it took me a little while to come to terms with three because I was like, it's not even that sense of relief because it doesn't really feel that, that useful. But I thought the question is more if I do it again. And I don't know that I would feel it was worth it. I don't know if I want it enough to, do, to go through it again. But I think what's really key is, is choice. A, that it gives you choice. So by doing it, it gives you that choice. If you choose not to do it, you've still given yourself that choice. So you, can't, you might not do it, you might not ever use them, but you can't regret giving yourself a choice. That's what you're buying. You're buying choice. You're not buying eggs, essentially. Um, but it's also that that falls into the whole this whole conversation, having choice, like choosing if you want to have children rather than going we ha- we should have them because everyone's having them. Choosing if you get married rather than because everyone's doing it. Choosing if you actually just want to remain single. And I had a phase of time where I, early this year, I went for about nine months intentionally not dating. Had a couple of dates on the cards and I cancelled them because I was like, actually I just want to not I want to choose not to date I want to choose to have single time and that really was my happiest that was the life changing moment for me in my sort of six to nine months being on my own and choosing that way and going this is really good this is brilliant I always thought I was living that life because I had no better option I thought it was the life I had had been kind of forced upon me And when I chose to not date it wasn't that different when I wasn't really dating but not have choice anyway but the fact that I'd chosen that way felt very empowering and felt much better so I think Whatever you do, if you do have children or you don't, if you get married or you don't, or you choose to remain single, as long as you kind of feel you have some choice in that. And if your choice is you want to date, make that little bit more effort. And make sure you are going on dates to, to give yourself a better chance or go, but you know what? I don't need to and I don't want to, so I'm not going to.
1: Joyce. I love that so much. This reminds me so much of an interview which Cher had with a woman called Jane Pauley, And uh, Jane kicks off by saying, like you said, a man is not a necessity, a man is a luxury. And Cher returns well, yeah, like dessert, a man's absolutely not a necessity. And then Jane goes, did you mean that to sound mean and bitter? And Cher's like, no, not at all. I adore dessert. I love men. I think men are the coolest, but you don't really need them to live. And it's just such that beautiful moment where it's, it's, this is not about keeping men out of our lives and deliberately choosing things that spite men. This is about making choices for ourselves. And then if men come along and enrich our lives then we're all for it and you know we're more than happy for them to come along for that journey but what we're what we're not doing anymore is just settling for again we keep going back to this 70% we're not settling for people who who are burdens on our lives anymore and that is something that history expected us to do for so long um just take on a man because actually there were parts of history where without a man we couldn't survive you know we needed them whether it's our dad or whether it was um a husband we needed them to have a roof over our heads we needed them to have uh, f- to have money again to have the children to have that family unit um and we were considered bitter or um something was wrong with us if you know if that wasn't something that we wanted and I, like luckily i think that's changing with the more choices that we have in society we weren't entitled to
3: survive without a man at that point
1: hmm. we didn't have the rights
3: to yeah
1: no absolutely and and I think that's one of the biggest things. So there was an article um, which I think we've all had a look at which came out a couple of weeks ago and it's had a bit of backlash to it. But actually, if anyone's read it, I think it, it it's pretty good. It's pretty well written. Um, and it was published by The Sociology Today, written by a guy called Greg Matos. And um, it's titled The Rise of Lonely Single Men. Um, and... What it breaks down to, so again, a lot of the criticism, criticism was the typical people just shared it without actually reading the article. And it was a bit like, you know, well, fuck women. Women are leaving men high and dry. You know, the reason why divorce rates are high at the moment. So I think like over 60% of divorces are now triggered by women. Um, and again, back in a time of history, women, A, weren't allowed to legally file for a divorce, but also financially weren't able to leave relationships because they weren't able to support themselves without that man. Um and actually, when you read this article, it basically goes into this idea that women women's standards are rising. And with that means that they're no longer settling for men that they may have done before. It's also a suggestion that there are more men on dating apps, which would, I think, imply that women are happier on our own. And we don't necessarily feel the need. And again, it was interesting, Bonnie, that you've said that you've purposefully taken time away from dating because you just were not finding that an enjoyable experience. Um Rhiannon sorry, you said you look like you're gonna say something.
0: Yeah, so I think I I'm I question the women's standards arising. And and actually that our standards now are what they always should have been. That maybe in the past we settled that it was okay to have a man that was abusive, a man that didn't care for us, a man all of these things that weren't great. You know, like you hear mm-hmm. stories about like women who like the man wasn't hands on with the kids they you know they didn't con- they brought the money but they didn't do anything else whereas now we're like no i want a man that's got a bit of emotional intelligence i want a man that gives a shit about me um and who yeah just cares about what i think and wants to debate with me and wants to you know i i don't i don't think it's necessarily that we expect more It's that we expect now what we've always deserved. Um, And that I think is hard for some people that, that there is change.
3: I I kind of agree with you. I I agree that the standards are rising to what they should have been, but it goes back to the point that Bonnie was making kind of at the beginning. And I don't don't want the 60, 70% match. I want the 90% match because that's what will make me happy. And I have the ability to ask for that now. So in that sense, I I do kind of see that it, it looks like the standards are, are rising because previously females have settled.
1: Have they settled or have they been forced into relationships? I I think it's, it's a bit of both, isn't it? They're rising because they were
2: too low before, but it doesn't mean that's a bad thing. They're going back to where they should be. They are exactly where they should be, and they're rising. It's a bit of both. They're, they're not. It's not a wrong yeah. statement, I would say.
0: I think there's a whole lot of people that are like, oh well, like there's probably men who are like, oh, women expect so much of us. It's like, no, we expect what we deserve and what we've always given you. You know, there's this, there's this amazing. I think it's from like 1954. This like women's, oh, women's housekeeping uh article where it's like 20 things you can do to make your husband happy and it's like put a bow in your hair when he arrives and like make sure the 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 kids are away and they don't want to speak to them and you know don't talk to him unless he wants to be spoken to and provide him with a whiskey and give him a foot massage and you know don't worry that you've looked after the kids and the house and every everything else during this day but, you know, you need to make sure you bow down to him this evening. And I just think that that's what men have expected for a really long time. And and I, do, and I think we deserve a foot
2: rub. I do find it quite surprising that I, I've been single for a long time. Most of the time I've been single. But I, I find it surprising that so many people aren't single for that long. That it's surprising how much I've been single when actually I look at the people that I've dated and I look at my friends in relationships and think, really? Like, I mean, almost when I do ask people, why aren't you breaking up with that person? I mean, sometimes it's legit. I'm like, really? Like you're accepting that this, your quality of life is low. Why, why are you accepting that? Why are more women not single?
0: Do you ask your friends, like uh, openly say, you know, this, this person I'm concerned about or this person is clearly not making you happy?
2: No, I would, I would actually say, and maybe unfair with that statement, that was probably more of the past. Most of my friends now, to be honest, if they're married, I'm not going to mention it because they're married and it's much harder to get out of, Um, a little bit more costly. And if they're, you know, um, I don't have many friends who are just in... It, yeah, that was probably further back before they put a ring on it and it was easy to have that conversation. But I do think that, you know, I can vouch for it. Being single is great fun and actually... The thing that makes it more fun is more people being single with me to have a great time. So,
0: and I, and also, I think I, I think I'd also like to point out so, a few people have said to me while I was single, are you having fun in inverted commas? And I think that means sleeping with people. And, you know, that's fine. Go and sleep with people and do what you want. But also, the fun I've had has included like going and doing shit like, a velodrome experience and like going on holiday on my own and like doing stuff that I wouldn't have otherwise got to do and I think that's all fun Mm. like like as as we mentioned earlier in the story what did you say like how cool is that to be able to do all of that stuff
2: also if you're being questioned on having fun in the original you know the sense that you said originally like yeah if you are going out having a bit of sex the people in relationships are as well It's not like they're not having it; they're just not having it with the you know more random people. But so what? Like as long as you're careful, I'm not doing that. But I don't don't see why it's like sometimes I'm like they're married; they're not having sex. (laughs) (laughs) From what I
0: understand, and bear in mind that we've only got one person on on this episode that is
1: married. Hang, I had sex at lunch today. Like working from home is one of the best things that's ever happened for my sex life. It was not with my washing machine. (laughs) Uh, Actually, really interested. I was listening to a uh, a podcast the other day and it was about, um, it's from Louise Perry and she was sat talking to a guy called Chris Williamson and um, the whole conversation was about this idea that the, uh, the sexual revolution hasn't actually benefited women at all. It's only ever really benefited men um because like women and men are psychologically different and how we're programmed to think about sex and our ability to detach um emotion from our sexual relations they actually said that like women who get thrown into hookup culture and are basically being told to suppress um any attachments they might have with partners that they're sleeping with is actually causing more distress for women who are feeling like they have to so it's a woman called louise perry it's so Actually, it's an interesting interview. Um, I would say it's worth listening to. It's on modern wisdom. Um, but it, it was just, it was interesting because like, initially, apparently there was like the fear of getting pregnant would prevent women from sleeping to, with people. And one of the arguments that she gave was, and I, I've heard this before as well, is that if women were to walk up to a man and say, can I have sex with you? The chances are the guy will say yes. But actually, if a guy turned around and walks up to a girl and said, Can I have sex with you, the chances are the woman would say, fuck off. Like no chance. And it's because women are inherently more picky about the partners that they choose to have. And so when it was a point oh, where no, we're...
0: that's not about pickiness. That's not about pickiness. That's about safety.
1: Oh, hundred yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely I, absolutely. I personally think. If if a man came up to me in a club, and said, will you have sex with me? I'd be like, fuck no, because you're going to take me somewhere and I'm not safe. If I choose to go up to a man and say, will you have sex with me? I maybe feel like I've got some kind of control.
1: control. Yeah, no, I think that's a really, really interesting point. Um, okay. So yeah, I'm not saying what Perry is saying is correct. It was just a really interesting take on, so there's been a lot of feminism who have supported the sex revolution and said things like the pill and uh, hookup culture is really great for women. And actually some of the experiences women have had is 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 not that um, lived up. And I think it comes back to, I think women just having choice. And um, one of the things that Perry said is like, women still get called sluts, right? You still get slut shamed. And um, that the double standard still hasn't gone away. So actually how much have we actually dismantled there? Um, But I think, again, what we've spoken about a lot today is it comes down to choice and women actually with a contraception pill and that being able to have birth control a little bit more, a bit more control over birth um, control, then it kind of gives them a bit more freedom and choice about how they want to be with their partners.
2: I also think that change is too broad. Being able to have sex doesn't mean all of a sudden women are going to start start enjoying it. there's uh there's a really i can't remember where i read this but someone pointed out that if porn sites were designed by women penetrative sex would be a little add-on if you want also if you want to see this because it's not really what most the majority 70% of women aren't gonna enjoy that and no one in um lesbian relationships has that complaint so it's not about women doing something wrong or not enjoying sex in the right way it's, it's not done right for them so maybe if both sides were changed, like actually there was a better education about what women enjoy and they can have the freedom to do it. The two together would mean that actually it works brilliantly for everybody. But sadly, it's male culture sex and women being allowed to have male version of sex, not have their own version of sex. And that's where the problem is, I would say.
1: Absolutely. I saw a gif the other day or a meme and it said, um, are you a cis het men or are you a porn category? And it's exactly that, like porn sites are designed for men, uh, by men. And actually, there's um, a lot of uh, evidence to suggest that actually watching too much porn is also changing the enjoyment of sex for men as well. So there doesn't seem to be a win-win for for either parties. And not only are are women feeling increasingly pressured to try things that they wouldn't necessarily do, so like the rise of being choked is a massive problem right now. Also, the uh, rise of teenagers, so um, having anal sex for the first So their first sexual experience being anal sex um, is also on the increase. And so things like that, which is just being picked up by porn culture um, and obviously watching exposure to porn. So yeah, there there doesn't seem to be a (laughs) win-win. That that was like a lead balloon. That went down. (laughs) Wasn't Uh, it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think what's interesting though, like going back to this article is again, this thing that um, the rise of lonely men Is it women's problem to bear, right? Um, I read uh, an interesting thing by Rob Henderson, which I'd like to share with you guys now. So he writes, norms were loosened around being an absentee father. So more men took the option, but nobody wants to admit it because it upsets people. Instead, we retreat to discussions of poverty and economics because talking about family and parenting makes people feel weird and judgmental. But young men will only do what's expected of them. And a lot did used to be expected. There were social norms to work hard, provide, take care of loved ones, and so on. Today, these norms have been largely dissolved. Young men have responded accordingly. So my take on this is that there's this feeling of um, men today or young men today feeling lost. So everything they've been told that they should be They're now being told the opposite, that women don't need that. Women can support themselves. Women don't need the man to provide for them or, you know, they should be working hard for themselves, not for their families. And I can understand why men in our generation today might be feeling a little bit like, what the fuck am I meant to do? Who am I meant to be in these relationships? Go.
3: (laughs) Well, that is a sorry excuse for not having being successful in romantic pursuits, There are loads and loads of things that we do today that our parents don't understand. Social media, for example, they just don't do. It is absolutely possible for people to adapt to modern society's norms and values. So much has changed. Gay marriage just the general acceptance of homosexuality for example human rights have come along a huge way there are so many things that we accept now even just in terms of tolerance of other other cultures and other races it's a completely different world from one our parents grew up in and there's absolutely no exception that should be given to that so, so for, for anyone to turn around and say you know my my father and mother had a a different kind of relationship so that's what i'm expecting you know and society's not bending with what what they did well that's not an excuse at all no there are lots of other ways in which you bend yourself and you adapt yourself to modern society there's no excuse and
0: and also i think i um query what like men have been taught this thing well as as maria said well like you we all know that none of that isn't and men know that this isn't reasonable like a lot of the stuff that men have been taught isn't reasonable women don't need protected in the same way that they previously did women don't need to be financially supported in potentially the way they previously did like all of that's nonsense so and and men have like people i grew up with
1: they've seen that so if they think otherwise, that's bullshit. And as Anne-Marie said, there's no excuse. The the social cues have been there. You've just been ignoring them because you've been privileged enough to ignore them. Um, also, uh, Rihanna, you just mentioned this point that women don't need to be protected. We absolutely do still need to be protected, but not by one man. We need society. We need,
0: yeah, I don't need a man to protect exactly. me. Exactly. So we need the world to protect me
1: absolutely because you know that we are still faced with um so again like even with all the progress that we've had as women sexual abuse cases and sexual assaults are at uh, the the numbers have never changed right that's, that number has never retreated and it's so disappointing that that's the case um so yeah i I'd, I'd say that all the social cues have been there Um, What we need from our partners now is more equality, more equity in those relationships. Um, We need people who aren't going to force us to live up to these patriarchal norms because sometimes they just don't work. And sometimes they absolutely do. But that has to be a conversation between the pairs about what works for that relationship. And women shouldn't be criticised, I don't think, for no longer settling for something that doesn't benefit them and actually what's really interesting i think the probably one of the reasons why I'm having a backlash for this is because men hugely benefited from being married research shows time and time again that men are happier married and women are actually more unhappy when they're married so of course there's going to be a backlash to this because men are now losing the thing that they took for granted and women were expected to just do because society told them they had to and that's what the changes and as yeah, Marie said, I, I think they just need to to catch up. And absolutely that is as everyone can help with that, but I don't think that's women's problem to bear.
2: So the summary of what you're saying is men have been really happy and women have been unhappy and be told, suck it up, get on with it, because that's the way it is. And now women are really happy having a great time. The men are going, left me behind, I'm really sad. And the message to them is suck it up and deal with it. Become better and then maybe we'll, you know, maybe you won't be in that situation, but we're not here waiting to cry for you. Is that a bit hard? I mean, men, this,
0: this, no, this isn't the end of the episode, but grab a glass of wine and be better.
1: <laughs> Just do Just better. Just be
0: better. I know that half of our audience are men, so just they're the ones that are great that they're already listening to our episodes uh so maybe just like pass it on just tell other men to grab a glass of wine and be better
1: yeah, there's also this, I think it's sort it's of disservice, I think, when we say that um, all men aren't capable. Men are absolutely capable. And as you said, you know, I've married one of those men. You guys are in relationships with some of these men. You know, we have friends who are doing really great by um, by people in their lives, not just women, but they're just an all-rounder great people. But there is a subset of... Of douchebags right and those are the people that we're choosing not to date with and not to have relationships with not to settle down with and so it is such a disservice i think to say that all men are shit. not all men are shit. and actually when people say boys will be boys again like absolutely not because we've seen so many examples of of good men um that you can absolutely raise your own bar you shouldn't have to wait for society to tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing for you to then feel comfortable to make those changes And in fairness, it's probably the listeners of podcasts when they're males and they're listening
3: to podcasts like this. It's probably not those males that we're really having a problem with. It's the people who, you know, might respond to to the synopsis of this podcast saying that sounds like hell on earth. But
0: also... I do have friends who listen to this podcast who have said male friends who listen to this podcast, who've said, I have learned so much. I thought I was progressive. I thought I was a feminist. I thought that I was doing a good job. And then you say this stuff and then I realize I'm not doing as well as I thought. And so, you know, it's really nice that they take this on.
2: Here on my episode of shit ways men have broken up with me. um, The guy who ended it when I was on my way to a funeral, had a daughter, like had a seven-year-old daughter. And I just wanted to turn it back to him and be like, would you have have treated, like if if a guy had treated your daughter like this, how would you feel? Like, how has that not entered your head that you've got a daughter, you've got the perfect example of thinking, how would I like her to be treated? It was quite simple. How would I like my daughter to be treated? And if I live my life on those, on kind of those values of treat people how I'd like my daughter, treat people how I'd like my daughter to be treated by other people, things would be good but no Yet yeah, he he felt that was okay and it's it's very bizarre you, the ones that you think might be okay still know
1: but also that's really problematic that men have to wait until there is a woman in their lives for them to take women's problems seriously um and one of the biggest the red flag for me in that situation where they go well i have a daughter now it all makes sense is that like It's my daughter. There's still there's a sense of ownership over this this one person that they now need to protect versus seeing women as people who deserve that respect, regardless of whether they're related to this particular male individual. Um, So I do think that absolutely, I agree with you. If you've got women in your life, that should in some ways, at least prompts and conversations within the bloody home about what women are facing. Um, But for me, it's not good enough. Like, you shouldn't have to wait until you have someone related to you, affected by this stuff, before you start taking it seriously. I think you should listen to the women in your life, you should listen to podcasts such as this, and hear about um, the experiences that we have, and and how you can be an ally to others within your, the spaces that you occupy. Um, Certainly, if you're if you're a male um because the chances are you have greater power and control in those situations to be able to help those in need in those situations
2: and i would say a sort of for me a takeaway of that of that nugget that you're passing on because as you've said it's not the people that listening to this that are the ones that need to, to take to hear it it's that what they pass on to their friends and i think it's looking at that sort of 90 91 percent like what are you doing to make yourself that 91% of the person you're with. It's like marketing a product. You're trying to tell the customer why it's good for them, not why they're so good. So if they were to turn around and say what they're doing that's good for the person they want to be with, I think a lot of them would struggle. And they, you know, because they're looking about what they want. They're looking at what they can get from it. And the best men are the ones that are also going, what can I give to you in return? And that's how it becomes a partnership, not just some woman chasing after a guy who's amazing. Like, they're not all that great.
0: I feel like we should leave it there. You know what, guys? Deal with it, be the ninety one percent. And I love Bonnie, that this is what we've got from your episodes is be the ninety one percent. That's I, I feel like that's the main the main thing. Is there anything that you would like to leave us with?
2: Is there anything I'd like to leave you with? I, I think I think we've kind of summarised it in that in that ninety one percent, it makes it quite simple, it's not complicated, it really is that simple. Like be better, try harder, strive to be that ninety one percent, and then maybe you won't be so lonely so
0: our uh, homework is grab a glass of wine and be the 91% the alternative is grab a glass of wine and put all the money you're going to spend in, on a child in savings
3: and then spend it on the Hatcher home for the fulfilled yeah. island
0: <laughs> we are the unfair sex and we are not sponsors so if you liked our show please show your support by liking subscribing and sharing on all your favorite social media platforms we are on twitter at the unfair sex we're on instagram at the unfair sex podcast and you can email us the unfair sex at gmail.com we have a new facebook group which is called the unfair sex please come and join us